Hey everybody, welcome to the Slick Tree Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Langford. The point of this show is to help improve ourselves as dogmen and to raise the quality of the dogs on the end of our lead. So let's settle in, turn the volume up, and let's see if we can't learn a trick or two together from our guests. Hey everybody, first off I want to thank y'all for tuning in today and giving this a listen. Uh, today's episode is just going to be a little bit about me, so that you guys kind of know who I am and who's on the other end of the mic. I live in northeast Oklahoma with my wife and two small children. We live in a great little spot next to a river with a bunch of timber around us. Pretty great spot to raise a family and some dogs. Before the season of my life, I graduated from college with a bachelor's in automotive technology and spent about 15 years in the diesel heavy mechanic field. These days, I own a small excavation and storm shelter business, and I have another business that I build custom fishing poles, and that business is called LRT Custom Rods. Uh, If you guys are in the market for one, check that out, like and follow the page, get with me, and I'll see what we can put together for you. But I found the self-employed life definitely suits me as I, I, I have a little bit more time to hunt and fish and do the things that I love. So as a child, I grew up in southwest Missouri, not that far from where I'm at right now. I had a beautiful little spring-fed creek in my backyard. My mom was an elementary school teacher, and so me and my brother got to stay home all summer and basically run around being creek rats. Definitely grew up in a hunting and fishing family, but didn't have any hunting dogs growing up ever. Uh, We did a lot of bow hunting. My dad was real into archery, and and we didn't have the greatest deer hunting in the world around us. But we did have some deer, and we we did kill quite a few. Uh, When my brother was in high school... He did start a few hounds. Uh, he'd buy pups and, and mess with them and get them going, get them started. About the time he'd start having them get to train, he'd usually end up having somebody offer him some money for them, and he'd go ahead and move them on down the road. But as far as dog hunting goes, that was about the extent of hunting with dogs that I was exposed to in my young life. What really got me into dogs, when I was in college, I came home for Missouri rifle season and was hunting down in southwest Missouri. My brother... My cousin and myself were walking back to camp one after a morning hunt, and we were walking along a field edge, and all of a sudden, two bobtail brindle dogs popped out of the timber and came running towards us from about 100 yards. Well, it's not a very safe place to be in that area if you're a hunting dog and you're running around during rifle season. So we went ahead and called them, got them caught up, and we took two of our rifle slings off, made some makeshift leads, and took them back to our camp with us. And the dogs were wearing name collars. We knew the guy that owned them, so we called him, and he came and picked them up, and he had told me when he got there, because I asked about them, and he said they were Tennessee train brindles. I'd never heard of such a thing, but I just really thought they were the neatest little dogs. And so, after I got back up to school, I started doing some research on them. That led me into finding out about the original Mount Curse Breeder Association. I just absolutely fell in love with the history and the story behind the dogs, and I just thought it sounded like a blast, and I just had to try it, and the only way I knew how was just to get one and do it. So I got on Squirrel Dog Central back in those days. This would have been about 2009. And I had no idea what I was doing. I, and I found some pups in Arkansas that was only a few hours drive away. So, well, I begged, borrowed, and stole from pretty much everybody that I knew. And I got the $300 rounded up. And I went down and picked between the two pups, which I didn't know what I was picking out. I just kind of looked at both of them and said, well, I kind of like the way that one looks better. And I can remember Dwayne Hall and laughing and say, well, I guess that's one way to pick them. And so I turned around, headed north, and went back up to Kansas with my new puppy. That was quite an adventure that I was starting out on, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't have a mentor of any type to learn what to do. I pretty much was just reading what I could find on the internet. 
and just that was my game plan just to go from there the good news is probably one of my better strengths and one of my my biggest weaknesses is i am stubborn as they come and so overall it ended up working out she was a very late starting pup i don't think she really even started the tree until she was about 16 months old but i never gave up on her the main thing that i read online was if you wanted a good dog i'm sure you've all heard the saying buy a new pair of boots and wear the boots out and by the time you get them boots worn out you'll probably have a squirrel dog well I might have had to go through two pairs, I don't remember, but I did finally get her there. She ended up being a nice dog, which I think a good part of that was my senior year of college, I got an internship, and so I had to to leave town, and I took that pup back down to Dwayne Holland, and he hunted her for me for the summer, and that did her quite a bit of good. I think it got too hot for him to hunt the last month, but he put two solid months on hunting her for me. So whenever I got home, she was just starting to tree a little bit, but she wasn't hunting out for me the way I wanted her to. She was staying pretty close to me while she hunted. Back to Squirrel Dog Central I went. I went and found what some would consider a started dog. He was, I think he was two and a half when I bought him. I bought a male dog out of Central Missouri named Rip. He would hunt out, but he was only a coon dog. He didn't care nothing about squirrels. But he would hunt out the way I was wanting one to. So I started hunting them together and got to where I was eventually started treeing some coon. Which we'd tree possums and I was so happy that my dogs were treeing that I didn't care. I'd knock every possum out to him I could. Which that made some bad habits on down the road but if you don't mind shooting possums it, it can be a lot of fun to tree them sometimes they're stirring whenever the coon aren't and they're i think they're a whole lot easier to tree i was just happy that i had some dogs that were actually hunting and doing what they were supposed to i kept on hunting them and you know i i had a lot of fun with those dogs i introduced a ton of people to hunting with tree dogs i took a bunch of kids with those dogs a bunch of adults that had never been around tree dogs we had a lot of fun got to where they'd pretty salty pretty salty meat dogs they had a lot of as far as the competition dog goes they had a lot of bad habits they pack hunted if one treed they were both going to be there no matter what they worked together uh, which is not at all what you want if you're training dog for the comps but if you're just wanting to go have fun man they were the cat's meow they really really got tuned up into a pretty good little pair and had just an absolute blast and really got hooked on the sport since i've had those two i have been through a pile of dogs looking for something nice and for something that suits me i've had a few that turned out to be decent dogs a couple that were good but anymore i found myself to where i like a little bit more what i would consider a competition style dog than the pleasure style dog like dixie and rip ended up being not that there's anything at all wrong with a pleasure hunting dog that's what you're wanting to do but if i'm going to have one that's nice i'd just soon have it i enjoy going to the compounds not that i've done it a whole lot but it is a lot of fun to haul one to town and, and show them off. And it's a good opportunity to see what everybody else has. And, and you really get to grade your dog if you don't know what you've got against what else is out there. You might think you're packing a really good dog. And then you go to the comp and you actually get to see what a really good dog is. Uh, it can be humbling. But it lets you know where you're at. Maybe you do have a great dog. But that's one way to find out is you don't know how good yours is until you start hauling them and putting them against some other proven good dogs. You know, really, the difference between, there's a lot of debate about this on the internet, but what is a competition dog versus a pleasure-style dog? You'll have a lot of guys that say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want a comp dog. All they do is just make a bunch of trees, too much hound in them, this, that, and the other. In my mind, the main difference between a comp dog and a pleasure dog is really what the owner's expectations are. A pleasure dog is going to be allowed to get away with a lot more as far as its tree style, whereas a comp dog is going to be usually trained and tuned more with competition rules in mind if you're just a pleasure hunter and your dog 
trees a ton of squirrels for you but maybe she only gets 100 yards from you if you're not walk hunting her they'll just come back and wait on you to take off walking again so they know which way that you want them to hunt if that's the way you're used to hunting them whereas if you took that dog that might tree a ton of squirrels for you to a comp hunt you cut the dogs from the beginning of the cast the other two dogs take off the handlers aren't walking and you're just standing there your dog might just be sitting at your feet you're never going to win a cast with your dog at your feet more than likely and so just a lot of little tuning stuff like that is the main difference between a comp dog and a pleasure dog in my opinion not that i'm just an expert on it it's, that's the way it seems to be more for me not letting your dog come back to you c- pull off the tree if you're walking into the dog tree a comp dog needs to stay and needs to know that he's expected to stay treed once he starts barking he shouldn't leave for any reason i mean you're just asking for a minus if that's the case and you can train that into them, but even if they have that natural stay put attribute bred into them, they still might want to pull some, but that's something you can reinforce and you, you can train to help promote that trait. Different dogs do have hunt style differences. There's some dogs that are bred to hunt close, and there's some dogs that are bred, maybe they do have more hound crossed into them that have more of a hunt than another. Maybe one dog's bred to have a higher hunt drive, less desire to please its handler. The dog with more hunt drive is more likely to be a deeper hunting, harder hunting dog, whereas the one that has more desire to please is going to probably be a closer hunting dog, more than likely, unless you train on it to go find the game and not return to you. If you don't care that the dog runs 100-yard loops and comes back and checks in constantly, and I've had dogs like that, and they treat a bunch of squirrels, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. The main thing is, at the end of the day, Whatever style of dog that you like, it only matters if you like it. People can bicker and argue about who's hunting what, what kind of dog's best, but all that really matters is the person paying its feed bill is happy with it. That's really what it boils down to. You know, I've never had another hunter buy me a bag of dog feed just for the fun of it. Kind of wish they would. That'd be great. But I'm the one feeding my dogs, and so as long as they please me and they make me happy, that's really all that matters. And you should be the same way. We all should. So what I'm hunting these days, as far as tree dogs go... I like a high percentage of button lays cross in my dogs. I had a nice dog that was given to me as a pup that ended up passing away on me early last year, but he was a very nice, easy starting, hard hunting dog. But he was about 50% Bud Liz Cross. I fell in love with the dog and the way he started and the way he hunted and the way he handled and just pretty much everything about him. And so I've kind of been chasing that line. I've got a handful of pups out of Cross I made with very similar genetics to him. They're just now starting to want a tree for me. The weather's cooling off and I'm getting pretty excited about them. So hopefully I end up with something worth feeding out of them. And I've got a few more dogs that bought as pups out of similar genetics. And then I've also got some bird dogs in the kennel right now. I've got a German wire hair that I use for upland and then I also use it for some retrieval work. Uh, I just got done doing some dove hunting with her. Just took her teal hunting a couple days ago. She's almost two years old and she's starting to turn into a really nice dog, both with the upland and the retrieval work. I've got a few more German short hairs that are very nice upland dogs and just a lot of fun to hunt whenever I get a chance to do that. But really, I've enjoyed every type of dog hunting that I've gotten to be blessed enough to be involved with. I've ran some greyhounds on coyotes. I've been around rabbit dogs some. Of course, squirrel and coon hunting. Bird dogs. Duck dogs. It's all a lot of fun. And really, the main goals of this podcast, why I got the idea to even start doing this, isn't because I'm just some wealth of knowledge on all these subjects and I can just help the world out so much by sharing my knowledge. That's not it at all. It's really so that it's a good excuse for me to interview way smarter people than me and pick their brains to learn from more experienced dogmen than myself. That's really what the point of this is. And if I'm going to be talking to them about it, maybe if it's Dr. 
documented, we can all learn from this and we can all grow together and make better dogs. Some of the different things I'm really wanting to talk about that mostly interest me is different types of training and tuning on the dogs to get them to do what we want. And that's everything from selecting pups to starting the pups, getting them trained and finished out, tuning them for the for a comp hunt to get them to keep you from getting minus, all that fun kind of stuff. Even before that, genetics and breeding, how to make those pups, how to produce them, dog health and care, and just really all around making ourselves better dog men. So that in turn should improve the dogs that are on the end of our lead. This podcast is mostly going to be about tree dogs, but we are going to talk about bird dogs, retrieval work. There's no telling what we might end up talking about, Uh, but it's going to be mostly dog related. And hopefully, even if we're not talking about whatever specific genre of dogs it is that you're into, I'm going to try to make this to where there's going to be things that you can learn from the conversation we have no matter what, especially like on the genetics. If you're breeding for a trait, you're really breeding for a trait. Maybe you're breeding for your bird dogs to be horseback style trial dogs that are going to blow and go, get gone out of the country, and go find that bird. A lot of people breed for the same attribute in coonhounds, or maybe you're on the opposite side of the scale. You don't want your dog to do that. You want your dog to do X. Breeding for traits is breeding for traits. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about line breeding, just breeding best-to-best style traits as far as dogs go. Good dogs to good dogs is another way that people often put that. But I'd like to talk with quite a few different breeders about their thoughts and opinions because there's no definitive source on any of this kind of stuff. A lot of it's based on opinions and anecdotal evidence. And I think there's a lot of stuff that we can learn from a lot of experienced dogmen that are out there that should in turn help all of us. And that's really the main goal of this whole thing. I hope you guys all decide to come along with me on this journey and can all become better dogmen together. All right, everybody, take care and keep wearing out that boot leather. I just want to give everyone that's listening a sincere thank you. Getting this podcast going has been a project. I really hope you're enjoying it, and if you don't mind, give the show a good rating and review wherever you're listening to it at, or share it on your social media to help get some traction. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to your feedback.